Welcome to the Eclectic Collection, or welcome back if you're an eclector and you're cool like that. Today, episode 66, Spirit Media. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so what does that mean? Spirits, um, not the drinking kind, and media, not a town. Also not meaning half in Spanish. So media in the sense of like a medium is like a psychic medium, and media, plural, Latin, in terms of the ways with which a spirit... Uh, psychic, medium, communicator, clairvoyant, fill-in-the-blank, shaman, soothsayer, could uh, utilize to read, quote-unquote, a person. So these are just different things. You know, I've always talked to, seen, worked around psychics and such, and I find them amusing. I find a lot of these people super talented. I can't say that I've knocked up and called the Psychic Friends Network. Uh, maybe you have, and uh, no judgment here because I haven't done it, but I uh, can't say I've run towards that kind of a thing, but um, they are out there. I just always kind of grew up around it because um, it was something that, you know, people get together and do for fun, have their cards read, quote unquote, or it was something on the boardwalk and being so close to um, the shore, you know, we would see that kind of stuff on the boardwalk and just being in entertainment for 25 years. I have had uh, events, graduations, parties, post-proms, birthday parties, um, carnivals, family events and openings were no different than you'd have carnival games and skee-ball. Um, you would have a psychic or a crystal ball or you know somebody there for uh, entertainment purposes. And uh, some of these people, yes, they make a career out of it, but some of them have degrees in metaphysics and some of them actually have talent to the point of they work with... Um, the police or they would go find people that are lost or they get certain visions and readings. And I I don't think it's at this point in the game after, um, I mean, just think about X-Men for a minute. I get it. It's located in the fiction section. I understand, but it's so possible that anybody could have any talent or skill or something that you wouldn't necessarily know. And I don't care if it's something that comes to you in a dream or they just have a lot of, uh, uh, intuition that happens to be right or you, you never know but there's definitely some talented people out there whether it's predicting uh, people locations numbers finding stuff and um, and they have so a lot of the people I've been fortunate enough to work with have been uh, in my opinion talented and you know does everything that they uh, say always happen immediately uh, no but I generally remember everything and write it down and uh, go back to see that's what they meant or oh this is the thing and a lot of times they'll tell me that whatever is going to happen happens within a number. And that number is usually like days or, or weeks or months. It's not usually years. It's usually a quicker thing. So I, I get a kick out of it. Again, it's for entertainment purposes only. So uh, not trying to offend anybody. But, um, you know, think of it as a fun thing, open mind. And again, tis the season because we're in Spookyville right now with all the stuff going on with uh, fall. So. Um, what are some things that you can do, have done, uh, get read, if you will? So the old school way uh, was tea leaves. A lot of times tea leaves and coffee grounds were often looked at, and that was also a cultural thing. Um, you know, it, people say that um, different uh, cultures and different backgrounds, because they were either drinking lots of coffee or tea or possibly growing that coffee or tea, um, would, would use that. And it was a way that after that person, like, consumed the thing, and they would flip over the cup or look in the bottom of the cup and see the remnants of the tea leaves in the coffee grounds. And the way that they were laying, people would see patterns in it or they would see different um, pathways, if you will, through it. Again, it's not something that I have that talent, but people would uh, would see this. And you think of like the stereotypical older woman 
dressed in uh, uh, flowing robes with maybe a little uh, uh, crystal ball in front of her and some sort of um, obnoxious feather or something in a, in a hat. And that's very stereotypical. And it's also a lot of the outfits that people would dress up like when we're doing entertainment things. But that's not necessarily the case. A lot of times it's somebody's grandma or somebody that was just a very intuitive person who knew. Not to say that men weren't involved. There are definitely men that were... Uh, intuitive as well but um you just again stereotypically you tend to see like an older woman that had a lot of life experience that would sort of look discerningly at tea leaves or coffee grounds the other thing was uh palm readings a lot of times people get a their palm read they would look at their palm and look at the creases that naturally happened in people's skin and they would see pathways or lifelines or uh diversions detours challenges different things and if somebody had been altered in a way, uh, maybe they had been cut or there was a uh, burn, a scar, a freckle, a beauty mark, some sort of uh, uh, remaining scar or, or tissue that was different or um, they usually denoted something different in their path or something that may have skewed their path. So um, palms and palm readings were very uh, popular. You can still get them done today. Um, tarot cards. Uh, we're going to have a whole episode just about tarot cards because there's so many meanings behind them. And there's different sets from what I'm told, but um, the typical tarot cards, it's funny because I always think of, um, I think of Chaucer and I think of all the different characters um, in Canterbury Tales, which has nothing to do <laughs> per se with tarot cards, but that's what comes to my mind. I guess it's from uh, studying literature all this time. You, um, you know, there was all these characters in the in Canterbury Tales and the characters all had a backstory. And likewise, a lot of the pictures that are on tarot cards, some pleasant, some unpleasant, some benign, um, have a backstory and there's a meaning behind them. So the idea is that the medium, the psychic, the uh, person that had the ability would uh, shuffle the cards or get a new deck or, you know, give them to the person and ask them to pick X amount. Usually it's seven and, uh, you know, with a certain hand and they would have to cut the deck or touch the deck so like that connection that um uh are if you will or that spirit or that um soul that sense that person's literal electromagnetic activity would uh connect with the physical cards and then they would turn them over and that's what you picked the person and then the psychic would read them and interpret them for you as seen um you know on the tarot cards and you could do this with regular cards too um, I've seen, I've had it done with tarot cards and with regular playing cards, but, um, it also comes down to, uh, different meanings. The numbers play more into it, which leads me into numerology. So numerology is a different thing. You can use dice, coins, um, you know, roll dice, and it has more to do with numbers and the number combinations mean certain things to you. Or if you have a lucky number, I never really did that too much, but, um, that's, uh, a little more of an Eastern um, school of thought and ideology, but definitely is incorporated into Western culture media as well. Um, star charts and the Zodiac. I have read my horoscope in the paper. A lot of people have. I find like none of them have ever seemed to agree, but I guess uh, if you're still getting a newspaper, that's impressive right there because uh, I like print. But um, obviously you can find it online and it's different, but for actual uh, newspaper houses and periodicals, you would have one every day and it was meant to be for fun. And some people take this to a level of star charts and, um, you know, actually look at the zodiac sign and where it is in the sky and what that is significant to or means in terms of 
um, the season and the timing in relation to your birthday and in relation to events in your life and um, really plot it out and like plot out the charts and what's going to happen as the seasons move with the equinox and, and how it has to do with closer or farther from uh, your birthday and things. So it, it, there's people, one of, one of my psychics that I work with a lot um, does that for people often and will bring star charts with them and explain it and really gets into the, um, the astronomy and the astrology of it all because they are different. So the astronomy talks about the actual science behind what star is where and the locations and the astrology is more of, I'll say, the metaphysical part of it that's uh, subjective and, and interpretive. So um, that's the difference between those words if you've ever uh, been interested. Um, angel cards. I didn't even know these existed. I met up with uh, two, I'll say, they've been, I've known them about five years now, but I met up with a mother-daughter team of incredible psychics. And they are Hungarian in descent. And they have a lot of European, they're, they're immigrants, and they have a lot of European old world um, ways, I'll say, and, and interpretations and, and different uh, options for being read. Um, and I didn't even know there was such a thing as an angel card. And it's, it's a set of cards and there's angels on them in different positions and different, um, you know, types and wings and colors and things. And it's same much like the regular cards or much like tarot cards. The person makes contact with them, cuts the deck, you know, you take out X amount. And then, of course, if you have questions or you want to know more something more specific about a piece of information that you're seeking, a lot of people want to know, you know, did I pass this exam or did I get my license for this? Or, you know, people want to know gender of a baby or, you know, they want to know uh, if they're uh, somebody sick or if they're going to recover, get a job, you know, whatever, whatever thing in your life that's interesting and pressing. And they'll perhaps have you grab three uh, or seven more cards. Usually it's a positive biblical number, three always for luck, three for representing the Trinity. It's funny because there's like a lot of uh, religious undertone and yet a lot of religions sort of poo-poo this as a taboo thing. Um, but it's interesting how everyone I've met and dealt with is actually super religious, very respectful, and, um, you know, it's not a dark art thing. I know that there are... Um, negatively connotated cultish kind of things out there. Uh, can't say I've sought their uh, intervention in any way, but this is uh, the people that I've always dealt with are very, uh, very much like in belief and talk of, you know, angels and church and have, uh, you know, have rosaries and have things of, of Christian or Catholic nature. So it, it's interesting to see because they, they very much uh, talk about, you know, medals and saints and protection and things like that. So, um, the angel cards were supposedly representative of people that are angels uh, or that people have passed that are acting as guardian angels on your behalf because um, everybody has a guardian angel. And then, of course, if there's somebody that, that went before you, then that person is kind of watching over you and looking out. So um, they would, it would have to do with their intervention or positioning or, or possibly warnings from them saying, you know, don't do this or don't get in this situation. Or if you're in this bad situation, you know, I'm with you. Um, and again, it has to do with the the person's contact uh, physically to um, the actual touch, and then they would read it. Um, if you can do this too um, with pets, there's pet readings. I got to chuckle out of that because God knows my one dog has serious anxiety. Um, can't sit still. Tries to push people out of the uh, out of the house. If you're bored, go look at that video. Um, it is insane. Poor Murph dog, man. He just likes to push people out the door. Um, pets, you know, they, again, obviously they're not going to speak English or have a conversation with you unless it's, uh, 
I don't know, maybe something like Wilbur the uh, pig from Charlotte's Web, but you're uh, in a situation where they would pet the pet and get the pet to sit down and, uh, you know, kind of allegedly listen to the pet. I mean, there's pet psychologists out there that actually do this uh, as a uh, as a science, you know, but in this case, it's more of uh, them interpreting or, or reading what the pet uh, is saying and, and expressing to its owner. And a lot of times pets take on owner's traits because they, they are good and they want to please you and they want to be there for you. Um, maybe not cats because you know, cats kind of do what they want, but dogs anyway. So um, they're loyal to a fault and um, that you could supposedly have a pet rating. So um, fun fact about that. But uh, that was something new that I didn't know existed either. Uh, crystals. A lot of people use crystals. Uh, could be healing crystals. I've seen amber in use a lot. I've seen amethyst in use a lot. I see people wearing crystals. Uh, some of the mediums that I uh, know wear crystals as a protection or as like a positive life force or, um, you know, just good vibes. And some people just like it as a jewelry, I understand, but you could, um, have like a hunk of crystal. Salt rocks are very popular now. You see a lot of Himalayan salt for healing purposes. Again, I kind of go back to, I had mentioned in, in previous, uh, in previous, uh, uh, work and, and I've certainly mentioned it with different, um, with different, uh, you know, videos that I've made and with different uh, podcasts that I've had too, I have said that there were um, crystals fall, at least in terms of like the salt property. Salt is a uh, considered sacramental and salt has been considered to be something that would like, ward off evil. So it's no accident that if you have like a compressed thing that is in crystallized, crystallized form from inside the earth, and it's been like cocooned, so to speak. It's it's pure. It's precious. So it would only um, you know give way to life, if you will, or like a positive thing. So um, I could see where that that comes into play. Um, people just have like hunks of crystals on their desk too, as a paperweight. Um, aura readings. Aura readings are interesting. There's like a specialized kind of type of camera, and they take a regular picture. And it's not to actually get the person or focus the person, but each person supposedly has like a light reading around them and a color associated with them. And depending on your color, much like a mood ring, same kind of idea, that aura gives off a certain radiation of um, light on the spectrum, um, which can also tell mood and can tell your uh, personality and your background. These don't typically, they can change, but from what I'm told, like your aura is kind of your aura and it's like always with you. So like if you're a happy person, grumpy person, passionate person, you're always going to be those traits. Therefore, your R is always kind of around this certain hue or color and this certain way. Um, you know, could be fuzzy, could be clear, could be different. So I've seen them at um, different expos and different places that I've gone where they offer R pictures, you know, for a couple bucks. You can take your, uh, have an R picture and they give it to you. Um, uh, personal belongings. I've seen this from everything just you know, holding an object to, you know, either give to a psychic, especially somebody who's lost, or if it's someone who's passed. I've seen um, in certain types of like Santeria situations or voodoo situations or Creole situations where they take an object and they'll put it to fire or burn it or or hit it, smash it, morph it with something else in an effort to like create um, ember or smoke of that person or of that person's like entity. Um, kind of like the soul. Um, you see it a little bit in the movie Doctor Strange, uh, not Doctor Strange. You see it a little bit in um, Doctor Sleep, where you know when the person's dying, like they're they they over exaggerate a uh, uh, like a white um, cloud coming out of 
their throat, like almost like it's a soul escaping. So, um, and they're looking for that element. No different, I guess, than than an animal would pick up a scent. You know, if you're missing a person, they give a scarf or a shirt to the dog. You know, here, sniff this. This is what you're looking for. Same kind of idea. And then it's just that the psychic is, you know, quote unquote, sniffing out what it was from the person. And then if you're all out really trying to communicate with somebody, that's a straight up seance. Um, so a seance is usually a big deal. It's when you're in a uh, situation where there's multiple people there, you have a medium with you, you know, you know candlelight, hold hands, etc. I mean, there's a lot to it depending on what you're doing, but you're trying to find, communicate, uh, you know, with that person that's passed. Now, Ghost with Patrick Swayze and um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Demi Moore, it was a modern day funny example in 1990 of that where they try to like communicate with people that have passed. Obviously, there's some people that are uh, less than scrupulous out there that are doing this to prey on people's emotions. But people who genuinely try to do this, I mean, I can't say I've ever done it or it's a successful situation for, for me. I've never attempted it. But uh, one of the more famous people that went after a legitimate seance was Harry Houdini. He was very close to his mother. And he lost his mother and when they when she was alive and he was getting into magic and starting to become a premier illusionist having learned a lot of tricks and secrets from europe and they were of european descent he said to his mom you know when she was very much alive they went on this uh plan if you will okay so you know when you go i'm gonna do this and i'll know you're here because we did this and they had like agreements set up of things that they would leave or turn over or talk about or objects that they would move or put in places and he always said he was looking for uh communicating with his mom in his life he never had success doing that as, as a matter of fact that's how he learned tricks learned a lot more illusions and also exposed people for frauds that they were he died uh, an untimely death and ironically supposedly when he got out of another situation that he almost drowned because he ends up drowning um, from uh, I believe it was actually peritonitis which I'm very uh, I had that and I lived thank God but uh, technology was around to keep me alive so I'm very in tune to I believe his uh, appendix ruptured he was in, upside down bound obviously a little oxygen in water had to uncuff untie his hands and he, he was in such pain, and I can vouch that you can't really be elongated. You have to, like, fold over because you're in pain. And he couldn't get, like, not having oxygen and being in water upside down. He could get, like, some of the shackles off, but he couldn't get to his feet to undo himself to make himself righted. And he ends up drowning to death because he had no um, – it was too painful and he had no air. But – so that, that kills him in the end. But he was in a similar situation where he fell through ice – and he was bound up and he couldn't find the pocket of air to get free. So he uh, he gets the shackles off and he gets to the top of a uh, bottom side of an, of an iceberg, but he can't get out and the lake had frozen over and they all but thought he was gone. And uh, he claimed that his mother was calling to him. And when he gets out of the ice and he followed her voice, he claimed she saved him because that was the exact moment she died. And she was saying goodbye because she was sick and he was in uh, under the ice and she, he claimed that she saved him. So that was one of the things that made him go look for his mom. So that was probably one of the most famous, I'll say, seance situations where really um, turn of the century, early 1900, that uh, Houdini sort of put that word into play with uh, wanting to know more about it. And people, you know, I'm sure have done since. And there's been you know, movies and whatnot made about it. 
um, before and will be in the future. But those are just some of the common ways that you can, uh, you know, talk to or have whether you want to go the advice route or for fun with people that are uh, psychics and have uh, talent. I always mention Lorraine Warren from uh, The Conjuring, even though it's a, uh, a fictional thing. Lorraine Warren was a real person who was a very, very famous psychic who very religious lady and often helped people um, find uh, lost articles, lost people, helped the police and, um, you know, was, was pretty legit in that. So, um, you know, I do believe there are people out there with these kind of talents and these are just some of the things that you can do if you want to go. And of course it's all different price ranges. And if you approach it for what it is for fun and it happens to, uh, come true or whatnot, uh, double bonus <laughs> for you. So, uh, take it with a grain of salt. Pardon the pun. If you like what you heard today, then check us out at eclecticcollectionpodcast.com or listen on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening.